right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up live show presented, as always, by our friends at High Noon. Solly here. Kevin Van Valkenburg is here. Hello, KVV. How are you, buddy? Solly, I'm doing great. I am super excited to talk some golf. I am glad we had a great finish to uh, to this golf tournament. There is a lot of golf to break down. Uh, Big Randy's excited to talk about golf, which has me excited. Hello, Mr. Randy. I, I legitimately am, guys. Can't Can't wait to go live here. Can't wait to get into it. Welcome. Happy to be with you guys. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends at High Noon. Of course, the new High Noon tequila seltzer is made with real Blanco tequila and real juice, and it is here. I'm officially declaring that I'm a tequila guy. Huber and I got really steep on some homemade uh, spicy margaritas this week. I'm going to have to talk to you guys about that maybe a little bit offline. But uh, now my favorite seltzer has a tequila option out there for any of you other tequila lovers. Uh, You have to check out the tequila seltzer from High Noon. Comes in four bright, crisp flavors, strawberry, lime, grapefruit, and passion fruit. I already went through the strawberries, so we are on passion fruit tonight. There are 100 calories. They're gluten-free. No added sugar than the uh, seltzers. They they hit the shelves March 1st. They're rolling out across the country. They'll be fully available nationwide by May 1st, which is coming up. So just in time for summer. You can look for High Noon on Drizzly or at your local convenience or liquor store. Visit HighNoonSpirits.com to find it near you. Randy, we got some guests that are going to be coming in shortly, but I'm going to turn it over to you. Your reaction to uh, Lilia Vu shoots a final round 68 to get into a playoff with Angel Yen and wins it with a birdie on the first playoff hole. Uh, I thought it was a really fun closing stretch. Lilia played very well today to shoot 68. You know, I think I, gosh, I should have this. Not sure if it's the low round of the day or not, but kudos to her. She got in early, posted a good number, and then... You know, we we were watching Angel try to steer it in and got in the playoff. Lilia, we'll get into all of it, but Lilia took care of business, birdie in the first playoff hole. And I think we we can talk about Nelly Corda. We can talk about Angel Yin. We can talk about a lot of things, but I think the big takeaway, this is a very good major champion for women's golf and i'm excited to talk about why that is and to get into a little bit more of lilia's story but i'm excited for her i'm geeked for the tour great great result here angel broke my heart uh listen a lot of people in the comments are talking about how i predicted lilia would win on friday night but i also (laughs) defiantly predicted that angel would not which i that was looking very silly uh at one point but uh, i thought you know, the, the broadcast really did an excellent job breaking down like exactly when things flipped for Angel. I mean, she was smiling, laughing all day long and then gets hits it in the bunker on 16. And all of a sudden, her whole process looked very different. She kind of snapped back into it a little bit on 18. But I thought just the decision making started getting really kind of poor there on 16 and 17. And uh, I, I shouldn't be the one breaking this stuff down. And we have a guest waiting. And I say we bring her in because she's waiting patiently in a car, I believe, uh, to chat <laughs> with this friend of the friend of the pod and fresh off the telecast, Miss Karen Stupples. Hello, Karen. Welcome. How are you? I was like listening to you chat just then. And I'm like, I want to jump in. I want to jump in. What do you have for it? What's your reaction to what uh, from Angel there on 18 in the playoff? So I was obviously following her. And, and when I knew that she pulled out the five on and she had, I can't remember what the actual yardage was that she had. But I thought, crikey, she's going to have to really jump on this because it was getting colder. And I'm like, this is a big five iron to carry that 
to carry the front bunker anyway. And I think that in her heart of hearts, she she kind of felt like she needed to really jump on it. And that's why she went, she pulled it left, trying to get more out of it. And I just think it was a poor club choice. In the same way, it was a poor club choice that she played in regulation back on the 17th, the par three. She had the right club in her hands the first time round with the Aton. Then she clubbed up to the seven. And of course, you can never fully go ahead and send it um, if, if in the back of your head you might have too much club and she ended up hitting it in that in that greenside bunker which which was dead there was no chance to come back from that so i think it was a couple of uh mistakes clubbing wise and but i think she was genuinely confused with the wind on 17 and then on 18 i don't really know why as you were saying the stands are in play you know just just go for it you know, I thought it was kind of underrated, Karen, is just how far Lilia drove it past her on 18 there. Yep. I mean, you know, you think of Angel as being like the big bomber that she's going to yep. step up here and take the advantage, and Lilia just smashed it. She did, and and she took it over the trees and, and put it into such a fabulous place. I would say this, though, that Lilia, that um, Angel probably would have been still behind Lilia in regu- in, with her driving regulation, but not by much. She would have been behind her by 10 yards, so not quite the 30 yards that she did in the playoff. But yeah, L- Lilia looked more comfortable with that tee shot. Lilia looked more comfortable in that position in general. I think Angel, I mean, you've got to love her. I mean, she's, you know you've got to want her to do well and achieve and to and to be great because I mean let's face it she's been on the stage since she was 13 she deserves a little bit of something good you know but I just I I mean Lilia just looks like she owned it like she knew it there was never any doubt and she was going to be fine no matter what the result was and I do think that Angel there was so much more riding on it for her because she's got so much more baggage there than Lilia does and and it's just hard. It's a hard thing to overcome. And I think the importance for Angel uh, was more, uh, was way more than it was for Lilia um, in terms of self-esteem and who you, how you see yourself as a, as a, as a player. Karen, for those that have really been following women's golf, uh, we, we've seen Lilia Vu on on an ascendancy from really this time last year. I mean, her last twelve months have been. Excellent. For those that aren't as familiar with Lilia Vu, can you help kind of paint in the picture and what you think her potential is and, and what a win like this can do for her? Well, she's had a bit of a journey too. She she came out on the LPGA Tour, didn't really perform very well. I mean, she was a standout at, at UCLA, played fabulous golf. Everybody thought she was going to do big things, but didn't really find her her footing on the LPGA Tour had to go back to the Epson tour where she played and played quite well. But it was kind of finding her confidence and 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 knowing who she was um, out there on the Epson tour. Then she comes back out last year and all of a sudden she's she's a player that everybody is watching again. And it's almost like she needed a little bit of time uh, playing professional golf away from college where everything is sheltered and you have somebody looking after you and everything seems quite easy to boom she's on the LPGA tour and it's and it's hard you know you're fighting against the best in the world it's nothing's going to be given to you out here so she goes back struck you know works her way through Epsom and I think that learning that she put in out there has really helped her now that she's come out on tour she's realized that she's got some friends out here that she's not going to be alone and that that 
it's it's much more of a familiar place to her and she knows that her game is good enough. I mean, we've all seen it now. I mean, the fact that she goes ahead and wins in Thailand to get her first LPGA Tour victory and really stamping her claim in that final round, playing some great golf, shooting low numbers and just overpowering the golf course again. And she did the same thing here. I mean, the conditions today were so tough early, early on, just brutally cold, windy on a golf course that is actually very unforgiving, certainly around the greens. And um, her extra length really paid dividends for her today. I suspect this might not be the last time we see Lilia in a, in a final, you know, uh, oh, I say final group. She did not play in the final group, but I, I guess I'm thinking more of the playoff. Uh, I mean, where where do you like her going from here? I, it feels like, you know, she she could be involved in a number of these over the next several years. She has the game. This is this is you know this is our this is her breakout year, and and it's our breakout in the media to really get a glimpse of what she's fully capable of. Um, I think the playoff was particularly impressive, just the way she she grabbed hold of it from that first tee shot, and then Angel kind of opened the door a little bit. But for her to finish off and make that putt, not giving Angel the chance to come back, really shows us she's got a lot of you know, a, I mean got a lot of marbles really i mean she's 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 got it where it matters <laughs> i love it you know she just really does and you you can't teach that uh you you can't practice that into yourself you either have it or you don't and she does i i'm so glad you phrased it that way because the next person <laughs> I, I was going to ask you about i i want to ask you about nelly corda you know i i wrote something this morning essentially saying you know if if nelly wants to turn into the world beater that I think she wants to be, she expects to be, and, and certainly a lot of people want her to be, I thought this was a golden opportunity today for her to go out and, and just take, you know, go take one. And she didn't. You know, she she rolled in that eagle on 18 to kind of make her final result look a little better than it was. But I, do you see any, I, I mean, is... What do we think of Nelly? Let me just ask you that. Well, I mean, my goodness. I mean, the world's your oyster with regards to talent and ability and and being a poster child for the LPGA Tour, really. And with that comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure as well. And everybody's expectations are on her shoulders. I mean, all the galleries were with her group. And so she understands that. She knows that. And I think this week for her, it's such a fine line between being completely dominant and brilliant and being a top 10 machine or a top five machine or whatever you want to be. Golf is such a hard game and it's really hard to be dominant. And I think we all really want the next Annika to come along. And I think we'd all be really happy if it was Nelly. But the women's golf game right now is just not kind of set in that in that that time zone. I mean, it, world number ones haven't won a women's major. It's since I think Lydia Ko did it way back when, back in 2016, it's been a long time, and wow. and it's and I don't know why that is. Um, I think it's just the expectation that they have that they put on their shoulders. I mean, obviously, you measure yourself by what you do in the majors, and I think Nelly, I think uh, it's a tough thing to do, but she wants it so much that sometimes. The harder you reach for something, the farther away you get. I always have an analogy where I say it's like golf golf and winning tournaments is like unrequited love. The more you want it and the more you want it to love you back, the more it kicks you to the curb. It's like your high school crush. You, you just can't, 
you know, the more you want them to love you back, the more you adore them, the more they say, no, thank you. And that's just like golf. It's the same thing. The, the more you want okay. it, the we more should, it We should write a romantic comedy about this. This is great. <laughs> There's nothing funny about it. It's miserable, trust me. I'm sure you've never had that problem. This is true. This is true. <laughs> never, no. Karen, a, a quick follow-up for you, Karen. I'm not sure if you if you got to see any of Nelly today. I, I I know you were bouncing around a little bit, but the one thing I noticed was just I didn't love her body language. She she was really showing uh, that frustration, not not over the top, but enough from from a player of her statue. You know, this probably is an unfair comparison, but I think a Tiger Woods, he's not showing anybody any cracks a certainly final round of a major i i thought that was just a little disappointing from nelly and if i have one criticism i'd love to see her just keep that within herself yeah i mean she definitely could i mean don't forget she's still quite young and there's still some learning and growing to go there i do think that her expectations are really high and it's and it's so easy to to let your guard down and let it all come out i mean we've all been there and 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 been fed up with what's going on because you expect so much more from yourself and I think what we see from her is a level of disappointment in her not being able to get the job done and frustration and that's how it manifests with her in particular other people would like to throw clubs other people kind of internalize it and maybe we don't see it with some people I mean we you think about you in B parks of the world or you know or your other you know your, your Siri parks your other great mate you know players from Korea or Asia in general, they typically tend to internalize it and keep it all to themselves. So we think that the stoic approach might be the best way. But at some point, you have to try and get those feelings out. Now, whether it becomes about being down about it as opposed to being angry and more aggressive, and maybe that might serve her better if if she can turn it into something that is an aggressive move, like more angry as opposed to maybe a little sad. That might that might be the way to go, but maybe it's just a question of her understanding and knowing that that's what she needs. We'll uh, we'll get you out of here on this one, Karen. I, uh, I we'll have, we have some shot uh, some things to talk about on this back end, but I'm curious to get your perspective as someone that's obviously much closer to the women's game. But what is your what's your true reaction to this first Chevron in, in Houston at Carlton Woods? Uh, the whole atmosphere, the major championship atmosphere, the vibe, the setting, everything. I just want kind of uh, your reaction to this change in uh, the women's golf major championship scene. Okay, so I think I speak when I speak for everybody. We loved Mission Hills. There's no denying it. I mean, everything about that place was wonderful. But I would also say it was dying there too. The fans weren't coming out. It wasn't well supported anymore. It had lost its it had lost its its glitter. I mean, it just wasn't the same event over the course of the years that I played there. I think the timing was right for a move. I think everybody was sad that it had to move, but this didn't upset me as much as I thought it would. My first impressions on the golf course are it's major championship worthy. Um, it's not a, it's not your typical major championship course in that it's you know you've got Bermuda grass everywhere, but I like the toughness of it in the greens. Um, it, it was not an easy course to play. I mean the fairways were a little wider than I would have expected, and the rough wasn't particularly long, and players could get away with that. But the greens were firm and they were really hard to read and they had a lot of undulation to them. You had to be really target disciplined, which is something I think should always be required in major championship. You have to pick your target and be disciplined enough to stick to it to get a result, as opposed to being able to wing a shot in there and, and you know, you know, see the flag and just wing it in there at the flag and get away with it. 
I think you have to, you know, work your way around the course. You have to have to have strategy and a game plan. And I think this golf course delivered for that. The build-up of it was magnificent. You had stands and corporate buildings and everything that you'd expect to see at a major venue. And it felt pretty big. The golf course itself had the risk reward that you want. However, the pond was pretty disgusting for jumping into. But, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit pretty foul looking. Oh, that was tough. <laughs> I'm so glad Lily had jumped. I, I was so happy for her. Yes, the crowd was the crowd was egging her on for sure. They wanted her to do it, and I'm I'm actually pretty sure that if the crowd hadn't been there egging her on, I'm pretty sure she might have skipped it. But um, it was it was it was good. I like it, and I just hope that. Um, over the next few years, the the appreciation for the women's game in Houston will grow. More people will come out to watch. There was a lot more people here yesterday when the weather was fabulous. Uh, today it was a bit grim, and I think people were worried about um, the coldness and, and the, the potential for rain. But the more people that can come out, the better. And once it gets well known that the LPGA are in town and playing their major here, in the woodlands i think people will will show up it's a and they'll enjoy it there were so many young kids out there and young girls and that was awesome well thanks so much for dialing in from uh from a vehicle into our uh, very urgent show that needed to happen but we we always enjoy your insights so thanks so much karen and uh best of luck the rest of the year hope we see you soon absolutely thank you all right this episode is of course brought to you by our friends at titles the number one ball in golf and the choice of brand new major champion lilia vu i think they could have just like put a boilerplate copy uh into into doing this and it's like yeah the major champion was probably going to be playing the if, won, if so. you saw uh karen had her foot joy ring gear did. <laughs> on nice little product placement uh as well as first time pga tour winners davis riley and riley davis uh both won i believe also nick hardy uh won uh at the zurich uh, lily won the chevron playing her new pro v1x golf ball she made the move to the 2023 pro v1x uh, to begin the season after some off-season testing and help bring down her long game spin without sacrificing any of the short game performance or feel she loves about the Pro V1X. She's now won twice in five starts on the LPGA Tour with the new ball. And this week, Lily was one of 95 competitors playing a Pro V1 or Pro V1X uh, more than seven times the nearest competitor with 12. Uh, it was the same story over in New Orleans. 76% of players in the Zurich playing a titleist golf ball, including the champions Davis Riley, uh, who's in the Pro V1, and Nick Hardy in the Pro V1X. Davis recently made the move to the Pro V1 from the Pro V1 left dot. He said, uh, left dot was a pretty low ball flight. I was able to achieve a higher trajectory with the longer stuff with the new Pro V1, which is what you're looking for coming into firm greens. I was able to get uh, with this ball and getting more trajectory for the right reasons. This was higher launch, but maintaining a really good spin. Uh, and of course, Davis also games titles throughout the bag. TSR three driver, TSR three wood, TSR two five wood. We can't get through all the copy if, these, if they're going to have this many winners in one week. So for more on Davis's setup, Lilia's golf ball and to see how you can get fit for the best equipment for your game. Visit Titleist.com. Good one there, Solly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> KV, you had a little on uh, Lilia's backstory and family backstory. Yeah, guys, I'm just a sucker for great backstories. I don't know. This has been told a little bit about Lilia before, but if you're if this is sort of your first exposure to her, like, uh, you know, one of the things that's most kind of interesting about her, you know, her family comes from Vietnam. That's kind of their heritage, obviously. But uh, she told the story a little bit earlier this year when she made it back to the tour. You know, her grandfather, after sort of Vietnam was kind of destabilized completely by the Vietnam War, her grandfather was basically like, I need to get my family and as many people who I can out of here. And so she told this, Lily told the story about how her grandfather would basically like just kind of disappear for like a month at a time. And he was off building like a boat that he could pop, you know, the biggest boat that he could possibly build. 
It was basically like, all right, all my family and literally anybody who wants to come and try to escape the country can get on the boat. And the boat was like on the cusp of sinking the entire time when they were like going to sail literally anywhere they could get to. And the boat was like kind of out in the ocean, like going down and they didn't know what to do. They thought they're all going to die. They fired up a flare and an American vessel sort of came by and was like, all right, we're going to rescue these people, brought them to the United States. And that's how Lily's family ended up in California immigrated, you know, sort of became an American citizen. And she's basically like, I would not be here if my grandfather hadn't had the courage to sort of, you know, build this boat and basically say to anyone in our sort of, you know, in the village where he came from, like, you're welcome to come with me if you want. I mean, that's a freaking cool story. You know, like, that's, that's an awesome display of courage. And just sort of like, I love kind of immigrant stories like that. So yeah, yeah, but what about the TIO? On yeah, let's, we can always go back to the TIO. It's, uh, you know. That's an incredible story. Yeah. That is an incredible story. But just uh, Grant touched on it. We had Grant Boone on Friday's show. And for, for folks that didn't hear, he touched on that, a little bit of that story, KVV. And when Lilia was really going through some struggles, I think she made one cut her, her rookie year on the LPGA Tour. Really whiffs of uh, Max Homa's story a little bit that way. She thought about quitting the game. And as Grant told us Friday, you know, she she was talking, Lilia was talking to her mother, and I, he he made it sound like, you know, Lilia's mother was like, listen, <laughs> what what our family has gone through to to get to America, you know, to to provide you with this opportunity, you're gonna have to work through a little bit of adversity. adversity. This isn't <laughs> this isn't the end of the world. And as Lilia tells it, I mean, credit credit to her. She, I think she kind of did the work to, to really change her mindset. It seemed like she decoupled, you know, her self-esteem from how she was playing golf. And the rest is history. Won three times on the Epson Tour, re-got her card again, rejoined the tour. And, you know, the rest is history. Here she is a major winner. Well, listen, this guy is always, uh, he's always adding a ton of value on social media and various platforms when it comes to major champions uh, or, you know, any kind of golf on Sundays. If you're not following this guy for a little bit of perspective uh, on what's happening and if, you, if you've, I find it especially helpful if you've missed any of the golf and you're trying to get caught up, everyone knows him. It's Mr. Justin Ray. He is here to shine some light on the golf tournament that we've just seen. Justin, how are you on this Sunday evening? Thanks for coming on. I'm better than I sound. I want to apologize in advance. I'm going through allergy <laughs> hell right now, but better than I sound. That was an exciting uh, final round. I thought my hometown of Houston showed itself pretty well. I, uh, you, you're on a better connection and, and a clearer picture than we had with Karen as well. So uh, that, that's always appreciated. But uh, hit us with some 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 goodies from Lilia Vu from this past week. Yeah, so Lilia was outside the top 10, tied for 11th, entering the final round. She's the first LPGA major winner to come from outside the top 10 to win since 1988. It has Come not on. happened since Sherry Turner Come on. at the 1988 LPGA Championship. I just checked that four times because I could not believe it. <laughs> and then I looked into the men's game. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, what's the last time that a man in the men's majors? Can we try happened? to guess? Can we try to guess before you? Absolutely. Oh, uh, where did Schwartzel start at the Masters? The year no, he, he was won? in the final group, I think. Oh, was he? I just remember it being a free-for-all. No, he was he not outside the top ten. Okay. It, it wouldn't be like Paul Laurie at, at uh, Carnoustie, would it? It would be. That's the last no time it happened. Paul Laurie, uh, the, the Vanderveld uh, closing hole. That was the last men's major championship winner outside the top 10. It's kind of crazy because you think, you know, 10 players doesn't seem like a whole lot. 
but only 2% of LPGA winners in the last decade actually have been outside the top 10 entering the final round. So we had such a bunch leaderboard this weekend uh, at Carlton Woods. It was, it was a little bit, we don't often see that at major championships, but Lillian was able to put together a great round. Leaders backed up, and we saw what happened. So first time since 1988, though. Kind of crazy. That's insane. That's a great stat. <laughs> uh, the, so number two, uh, I'll stick with Lillian Vu. All right, let me, let me, Jay Ray, let me just jump in here. I tasked Jay Ray sure. just, to, just to set up this segment. I was like, Jay Ray, I want to have you on. Bring us your five favorite tidbits from the week, and we'll react to them. So he, he's got five for us. Justin, go ahead with number two. Sorry. Thank you, Randy. I would just keep firing at will if, if you were there. <laughs> I, well, I was going to wonder. It's like, this is what you do when you go to parties? You're like, all right, so I've got five yeah, things that yeah. happen. It's a big hit with everybody. Yeah, <laughs> just, just start rattling stuff off. So Lilia's growth just as a player over the last six, nine months. Entering this week, she was actually the best putter on the LPGA Tour by strokes gain putting since the middle of last August. Just a little bit better than Lydia Ko. And second in strokes gained total in that span to Lydia Ko. This ascent, I knew you guys talked about it with Karen. It's really been coming here the last six, nine months. She's now finished in the top 20 in 13 of her last 14 LPGA starts. Just crazy consistent. She's gaining strokes in every category um, since the middle of last summer and then has just continued that trend this season. So um, just her ascent into becoming one of the game's best players has really been something to watch. I think that's uh, I, I think that's what I would try to get across to listeners is Lilia Vu might be God. This is gonna rhyme new to you, but she's she's gonna be around. This this is not a fluke. This is not an accident. Uh, this is I mean, legitimately one of the fifteen best players in the world, uh, winning her first major title, which is she, cool. Yeah, she was growing into becoming a lock for the Solheim Cup team, but I'd say now it's an absolute mortal certainty that she's going to be on that team yeah. she's a second ranked american player right before this week isn't she yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it was trending towards it happening and now there's no way she won't be on it mm. uh what else you got i'm number three killing us here this is great <laughs> we need some countdown music <laughs> and again sorry for my voice in the uh on the verge of coughing so what angel yin did all week on the back nine up until the last 45 minutes it was pretty remarkable she was bogey free on the back nine until the 16th hole on Sunday. So for her first 33 holes on that back nine, no mistakes. And then we saw what happened coming down the stretch. But it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors. She wasn't flagging at every hole. She was 11 for 11 scrambling on the back nine up until that point. So she had missed a third of her greens in regulation and was able to save every time. Was 8 for 10 by my count, punting from 5 to 10 feet on those holes. Um, I don't want to say it was a statistical inevitability, but we were building towards like, She's kind of piecemealing this thing together, and, and we were bound to see some kind of regression. Unfortunately for her, it happened right down the stretch. was good to see her make that birdie, obviously, though, to get into the playoff. But um, a, a really talented player who's – I don't think her world ranking right now belies the talent she actually has. Um, we saw you know, kind of what was on display here over the weekend. But it's been that way for a while now, right? I mean, I, yeah. I was I was a big buy. I had a lot of Angel Yin stock in 2019, 2020. And uh, I don't know if it's injury or what it's been, but it's it's not really uh, fully panned out. And uh, if for those that didn't see it also, I think in round three, she had a shot on number 12 in the water that like went hit a rock at the bottom of the water the and came out. Or the something. I don't know what happened there. Unbelievable. Yeah, but, yeah uh, crazy. Break. Absolutely yeah. crazy good break there. So... Yeah, statistically, she had kind of piecemealed it together a little bit, um, and it just kind of not fell apart, but uh, she couldn't get to the finish line. And I was just going to add to that, Jay Ray. I think that I, you, 
13 through 16 have been so tricky all week. I don't know if you have the the front nine scoring versus the back nine. It seemed like the back nine was a touch harder. And I thought that's what magnified her clubbing error and the mistake on 17, the par three, right? If she, bur- she, she bogeyed 16, fine. She's back at 10 under with the par five 18th. You, you figure that's a birdie hole. Go win it there. I think that's what was the, the huge mistake on 17 with the clubbing. Did Karen happen to say if she mishit that shot in the playoff? Because that's the only thing. Like, you guys were, I think, Saul, you tweeted about it, that the TIO everywhere, and I just, there's just no reasonable explanation to leave that shot short. Yeah, she she totally mishit that. I think it yeah, was a, that had uh, to be it. A, a toe hook of some kind. I mean, she said, uh-oh, as soon as she hit it. I mean, I, I, I've i seen that ball before. When you, you hit it and you get, you know it's got no shot of carrying. And you're like, I just try to hit that. Why did I try to do that? I could have just – I've been there a, a way too way what, too often. What if it I've hit seen the dog, the, I've the seen dog, that Corpus yeah. cold shank on the 72nd hole too. Oh, but, don't do my – girl. don't do Alice like that. It was Alim Kim. I've seen it seen for me. It was Alim Kim that shanked it. Oh, Alim Kim. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was playing with Corpus. My bad. My bad. Can we just can we just pause yeah. real quick though now? If the ball had hit the dock and landed <laughs> on the green, what a moment that would have been! What a, what a <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> incredible moment! That's I mean that's Freddie Couples at Augusta type <laughs> stuff, right? The just the break of all breaks. I, I thought the same thing, KVV. That ball was close to catching a piece of that dock. I think ne- next it's year, the, I bet it's the top of the the TIO. The stands <laughs> rolls back on onto the green. That'd be yeah, perfect. yeah. They should make the dock be part of land. So if it crosses any part of that, you have to drop on the dock. I think that <laughs> should not be in the in the water. I think I need a clarification there. Is that part of land? It's connected to land. It's a solid. Now, I, I know it's the, on it, water, but it was in the red the red paint nah, line. Nah. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. so uh, so Randy, I really liked your piece you wrote this morning about Nelly chasing down, possibly chasing down a win today. I, I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit. I found it interesting that all eight of her w- wins on the LPGA tour she led in during the final round. She's never come from behind to win an LPGA event. And wow. I know there are a lot of really elite players, like famously, obviously, you know, Tiger until he won the Masters in 19 and never come from behind on Sunday to win a major. Uh, but for to go eight for eight and all of your wins come from the front, I mentioned that Lilia Vustat and about how those big comebacks are a little bit more rare on the LPGA Tour than they are on the PGA Tour. But I found that kind of interesting. So I looked into her final round scoring the last couple of years. Her final round scoring average the last two seasons is just 71. It's pretty It's pretty pedestrian. You compare that to Ataya Titicoon, who's second in that span, 68.9, much, much hmm. lower. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting, and maybe it's a decision-making thing. Um, Karen spoke to, like, her attitude over shots. She couldn't get anything to fall today. I, I mean, she kept putting herself in position, and I was thinking to myself, this has got to go. This one's got to be the one to go, and they just wouldn't fall. But um, maybe it's a decision-making thing. Maybe it's in terms of an, a, an approach – uh, when it gets when she gets in those situations on Sundays, but her scoring average isn't as, isn't as good the last two seasons of the final round as it is one through three. Someone made I'm searching for a male comp on Nelly, right? And I think we maybe like two years ago we might have used different ones than we'd use now. But somebody said on Twitter they said Davis Love, and that 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 oh. got me got got to me a little bit. Uh, I mean, gave Davis a one major. I, I think golf swing first of all, and I think Adam Scott. 
Now, just yeah. because just watching the golf swing. Yeah. I know, you know, Adam had one major and should have probably had a couple of more, especially that open championship that Ernie won. Um, Nellie's so young still though. And she's really only been at the top of the game here for a couple of years. So I'm not ready. Yeah. I, I could sense reading your article, Randy, that you didn't really want to throw this on her. Like you got to win this one, but like, Hey, we're getting, we're getting to the time here where the players that you have in front of you, the situation you're in, this is a prime opportunity, right? I, I think that's right. I, you know, she's 24. It's, it's a little weird to try to figure out where that puts her on, the LPGA timeline because we've seen players retire at 30. We've seen players like Annika who had tremendous success post 30. Um, But she's, yeah, I I think she obviously just oozes talent. I mean, there's a reason why she's the number two, maybe number one player in the world after this week. I think that's a fascinating stat about the final round. Somebody I I, saw, it may have been you on, on our Slack she reminded me of Rory a lot today and and not necessarily like the great Rory, the, the Rory we've seen too often the last few private years. slacks, man. Come on. You can't be doing me like that. <laughs> a lot of slack right? references today. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not giving up on Nelly. I'm not saying this is like, oh my God, it's a disaster for her. It's just a shame though, because I think it was a, a great opportunity, right? She, she shoots 70 today and she's in a playoff. She shoots 69 and she wins it outright. Um, so yeah, that's it, it, it. Those are great stats, though, Justin. I, I appreciate those. Big. I think it's like the Adam Scott thing is so interesting because, like, obviously, like those are the two of the prettiest swings that have ever really lived of any gender, right? And yet, like, that doesn't necessarily mean great things in terms of golf results. We get so like, especially now in this era of like Instagram stuff, where it's just like people gush all the time, like, oh, look at the positions that Nelly's in. Look at the sort of tempo that Nelly has. Like, yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. But that doesn't have a lot to do with winning golf tournaments. Like, it really doesn't. You know, it just, it's putting the ball in the hole. Yeah. I, I don't think she's raw and unfinished though, right? Like yeah. she has really good stretches with her wedges, really good iron play most of the time and puts the lights out pretty regularly on the LPGA tour, right? It's not like, it's not like it, um, I don't know. It just seems like on the biggest stages, we don't ever see that gas pedal. We don't see it. Uh, we've seen it one time at Land Athletic Club, and that was Lizette gave her a really good run, and she matched it. Like, that was a really freaking good from Thursday through Sunday performance. And I just, it just seems like she she plays with a governor on of some kind. I can't describe it. It just, it's rare to see somebody that has so many more physical gifts than the rest of the field. And I guess that's just what is tend, tends to lead to the disappointment from from watching as a fan. I will say, analytically speaking, the most interesting thing about Nelly this season is that she's near the top of all the different scoring average, strokes gain, total statistics. She's losing shots per round with her approaches and still wow. doing that. So if she just gets a little bit better there, watch out. I mean, because we all know the, how important that statistic is in both the men's and women's game. For her to have negative strokes gained approach per round and still be at the very top uh, of the game. And, you know, this was her best finish in a major since she won that uh women's pga in atlanta a couple years ago watch out she gets that fixed underrated story that we hadn't talked a lot about this year is she changed equipment too i mean she changed uh, the entire bag and um you know this was the first major she played in the new equipment and um that's surprising about the approach play though that's because i i feel like when i've watched her she she hits it down there so darn far that she you know has this advantage over the rest of the field and uh, a decent nine iron is going to be way better than a lot of hybrids that uh, from people that she's playing with and that Mathematically, she's just going to rise near the top. But um, yeah, 
That that final round against Lizette at the in yes. Atlanta was the perfect embodiment of that. Two yep. totally different styles. Yep. I, I was just gonna say, um it's oh god, I just lost my train of thought because Grant Boone just texted me something. Uh I just say big leg like, drop. One of the things I liked about your column is like, I think of great athletes, we ask a lot, right? And I think sometimes with LPGA players, there's this kind of like kid's glove of like handling like, oh, you know, we we want, you know, to everybody to like each other and everybody going to grow the game. And like, that's not what like Nelly's asking for, right? Nelly's asking to be the best player in the world. And so I liked that column because I was like, yeah, okay, show me that. Like, I, I don't want it to be this to be about Nike ads. I don't want it to be about like, you know, how many Instagram followers you have or how much people want this for you. I want you to show me like you can take this next step. And there, this whole year is going to be about that. It doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Like Pebble's going to be a huge, huge moment for her because yeah. it's going to be like this big moment for the women's game at this super cool course. And like we're all sort of like how great would it be for golf if Nelly like tore apart the field like Tiger did at Pebble all those years back? It could be a huge moment. And so we're still we're asking for that because we all want it to happen, not because we want to like shit on her. No, I think I, I, I wonder like do we – how do I how do I phrase this properly? Like, do we fall for it because she's like a almost six foot tall, like blonde American? Are we? Do we want it? To, you know, I, I watch some some people that have less tools than she has, less stature, less physical ability, outplay her relatively consistently. And I'm wondering, like, am I? Are we like as media people? Are we drawn to the hype of like someone that can have that le- kind of leverage and that beautiful of a swing and that much? Like, we want her to be this bigger a bigger star maybe than she is. It's a fair question. I think there's certainly bias in that yeah. we're all Americans, and I, I think it's no secret that the LPGA would love a, a true yeah. bona fide American superstar. And so anybody that seems to fit that mold, uh, Lexi Thompson, is is going to get gassed up. I think I, I think Nelly's family pedigree plays into that some too, right? Her her parents were. Very good athletes. Uh, her brother is, is a great tennis player, as I'm sure everybody knows. It's it's just interesting. Like KV or whoever just said, you know, could she boat race the field at Pebble? Like I absolutely think she could. Right? If everything clicks and she feels really good for four days, she can go bury the field. What I would love to see her do is is hey conjure something. You, you you don't have that a game the first two rounds maybe the first three rounds dig it out and 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 go you know go scratch and claw and fight for one um it's 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 i'll use like the the luxury car analogy she almost seems like that sunday car that you only take out when it's super nice and the weather's good and you know you don't want to do too much work on it um but but sometimes like damn I just want I just want that car I can drive every day that I can beat up a little bit right she doesn't have to be a Lamborghini just just be a really nice functional car uh, I'm stretching that analogy I think what what I remember that I was gonna say was I, I think Nelly said it before this week you know she she's played really well and had good results but she herself has said she it hasn't been her A game. And I'm sure she'll say after this week, listen, this wasn't my A game. And so it's almost a situation where you can look at it glass half full or glass half empty. However you want to view it, the optimistic take would be, damn, she just finished one shot out of a playoff at a major with maybe, you know, I'd love to hear from her, but maybe her C plus game 
which is a great place to be. She has a tremendously high floor. Um, I just, going back to Justin, your original stat, I want to see her go freaking take one now and again. I have to make one quick amendment. Grant texted me as well, and it reminded me that. <laughs> That's he what he not, texted me. That's what threw Nelly me off. Nelly has not come from behind to win a 72-hole <laughs> event. She won, She came from behind after 36 to win a tournament that was shortened to 54, but the point remains, like in a, on a big stage like this, she Get out here, Grant. You had your time on Friday, Grant, all right? Yeah. Uh, we, let, let Justin cook. Come on. The, man, the man's locked in. It's all right. Um, so my my last one I had, and I know it, she didn't finish the way she wanted to, obviously, on the final hole, but Ataya Titikun is an absolute superstar. Um, nobody has more birdies on the LPGA Tour since the beginning of last year. Nobody has more rounds in the 60s on the LPGA Tour since the beginning of last year. She's in the top 10 in both strokes gained ball striking and strokes gained putting in that span, basically since she joined the Tour. She's a problem every week, and she's going to be around. I wouldn't. I mean, obviously, no one would be surprised if she won a major championship this year. So, um, just I want to just emphasize just another great performance out of her, um, and she's somebody that we're going to watch for a long time to come. What a freaking missed opportunity oh, today! Oh my god! I know. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was kind she's of going to be there again, but yeah, it was a frantic part of the telecast. But she's got a wedge into eight. She's sitting at ten under par as a wedge into 18 dumps it in the water, makes double and finishes two shots out of the playoff. She stuffs a wedge. She mm-hmm. wins it out. Right. She puts it on the green and two putts. She's in the playoff with angel yin and uh Lilia Vu. like that. Yeah. That was a sneaky, sneaky, devastating double bogey. Really what what happened shot. on her tee shot? Like I, why, why is she not able to carry those markers? I mean, she's one of the longer hitters on tour, right? Like, I, is that, I don't know if she caught, it didn't seem like she caught that, that well. Um, not a lot of players were taking that route and I don't know if it hit a tree limb on the way down or what, but she was, she was watching that, uh, that one little curious. Uh, I thought it hit a limb. I could be mistaken, but it just, yeah. the ball flight wasn't. I wish we had a headshot tracer on 18. Just because, I know. Like seeing it take over those trees or take it left of those trees. It would have been a cool look. I, I was joking. Like why don't they run over and bring the shot tracer from one of the other holes <laughs> during the playoffs? So at least we could get that. I the line uh, really took two in the playoff. I mean, that was yeah, yeah. that was I, so I, I only half jokingly say this, but Alim Kim had that horrific shank right oh before Athaya yeah. played her third shot. I, I ha- God, if she saw any of that, just bad juju to put in her mind. <laughs> I'm sorry, Allison, for mislabeling you hitting that. My, that was my mistake earlier. My apologies. Allison was icing uh, Angel a little bit there, I thought, in the uh, in, in in regulation, but that's a separate topic. But. Hey, Justin, we're going to get you out of here, but as, as you go, uh, will you tell the folks, what are you doing in terms of the Solheim Cup and, and where are you? Can folks find some of your – work stats somewhere plug something on the way out if you'd like yeah so i'll uh every after every women's major this year i'll have an article up uh via the kpmg performance insights on lpga.com and uh, me and my team are actually working directly with the u.s solheim cup team this year which we're really excited about so um i'll be in spain with the team and um incredibly fired up about that opportunity so um plus i've been working since i joined 21st group 15th club. I worked for Team Europe in the Ryder Cup. I worked for the International Presidents Cup team. I'm working. I got the red, white, and blue this time. Yeah, I'm fired up about it, and I've been letting all my colleagues know in London. Like, we're bringing home a win. You got it's the shoes on the other foot now, guys. All right. So sounds like um, been a part of a lot of losing teams. I hope that changes over really quickly here for you, Jay. Right? <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, we know who to blame if the if the U.S. Solheim Cup team uh, comes up short. 
I, I'm, awesome. I'm willing to accept that. So, hey, Jay Ray, thanks so much for popping on. Great stuff. As always, we got to do this a little more frequently. That's on us, but I uh, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Justin. All right. Hopefully, uh, next year he can get us some like stats on like the parts per million of sewage and minerals that are in the, the <laughs> pond. Like, can, we start, there. <laughs> can we start making fun of the tournament now? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> How, like, seriously, can we pause just for a second? The water, like, would you have jumped in the water? I, I would have. KVV. But I'm in on Randy's belly flop if you make the winning pot on 18. But yeah. Lilia should not have done the interview. She should have just ran straight into the pond. That's the only way to do it. I've, I've told this story before, but I, it was spring break my sophomore year of college. We were down in Hilton Head over the Masters. And when Phil Mickelson made the putt to win his first green jacket, his first major, I darted out of our rental house in and, and jumped into this lagoon behind our place and was just whooping it up for about three or four minutes and a neighbor came out and said you need to get out of there there are gators in that pond <laughs> i i may have had a, a, some adult beverages while i was watching the masters so i say all that i absolutely would have jumped in that pond today you got nice. to i mean come on so, it could be the only time in your life live it uh, up apparently the gators were fake news though and but apparently there were snakes uh in and around that water Ew, that's worse that's, i don't yeah, yeah. There was a gator net, though. Was that like that was fake news? Well, that the net. There's no gators back in that community, from what I've been told. Like okay. from the people that, uh, from my many friends that live in those mansions back in that, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, in, yeah. that in that neighborhood. But <laughs> no, I got a couple messages like, yeah, there's no gators back here. Like we're totally fine. But I'm sure I'll get 50 well, more snakes tomorrow. Snakes can get through that net, though. Ugh, I hate. Ugh. Still a lot to talk about with this tournament. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Roback Active, where you all know Roback. These guys just understand quality. There's only one way to describe Roback. It is best fit, best feel. Guys, I got great news. That pullover that I was so sad that I lost during the Masters, I found it unpacking today. Nice. We have found it. We have located it. We are wearing it. The fresh white with the green trim on it. I'm so excited about it. Their performance quarter zips are a game changer. Kind of mad I missed most of spring without uh, having this thing. Um, because it's already kind of turned into close to summer here. They're soft, they're stretchy, they're comfortable. I'm wearing them all the time. Their performance polos, they just hit different. I started doing like dad activities in the performance polos. Oh, like boy. They're, they're oh, not just for boy. golf, but like doing some, you know, building oh, some shelves and things. Welcome. I'm kind of wearing, I'm collared shirt, <laughs> collared shirt uh, <laughs> performance polos. The collar's nice and crisp. It doesn't bake in on you. And lastly, the performance hoodies with Randy is in right now. They're the stretchiest, softest hoodies in golf. If you want to be comfortable and relaxed on the course, then wear a Roback hoodie. It's usually my go-to to have a coffee in every morning. Roback is gaining traction big time. Uh, they You can go to Roback.com and use code NLU for 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. Roback.com, 20% off polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and more with code NLU. 90 Tron Sorry, I, have, I was just gonna say, Tron and I have a dad starter pack for you, Solly. Okay, we're gonna hand out. And <laughs> I think it has a couple rowback things in it, just to you know get you get you moving forward in the dad life. Perfect. I was just gonna say these hoodies. I mean, I, between October and April, if you see me out in public, ninety percent chance I'm wearing a rowback hoodie. This is not just for the show. They I, they, they are really good. I have to like cite. I have to like. Dude, I've worn this on eighteen live shows. Like, I need. I need a different. I need to rotate something else in. They are that good. But um, do you guys want to do any more leaderboard stuff? You want to do, Randy, or can we talk about the tournament as a macro? Um, I think there's a few more leaderboard items I'd yep. like to. I'd like to hit on. Of course, Angel Yin. We've talked a lot about her. She. Uh, she's had a rough last eighteen months. Let's call it. I mean, she hadn't had a top twenty, Solly, 
on one top 20 since July of 2021 and has made $3,500 this year to this point. Yeah. And I I don't feel bad at all for saying like, Hey, I will believe it when I see it on Friday night. Uh, But man, she played really freaking good golf. I hate that. Uh, it went the way that it did for her coming down the stretch, but it was good to see her with low tension out there in that golf swing, shaping golf shots. And I mean, again, looking at this golf tournament, it's going to keep coming back to this golf course, right? So if it's profiles, a long bomb hitter, like that's got to be a really, really good thing for Angel Yin. Yeah, totally agree. I, I just really like her. We've, we've run into her many times. She just, uh, she's. She has so much energy. She will just speak what's on her mind. I, I really, 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 I'm, I'm a huge fan of Angel Yin. Disappointed. I mean, I, I thought she would have been an unbelievable winner today too. Um, but so happy that she has seemingly found some form. She seems to be healthy. I know a back injury uh, played a big part in in a lot of her struggles. So just wanted to tie the knot there on, uh, on Angel. I think we got it. Uh, we 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 gotta shit on Albane Valenzuela a little bit. What was in her decision on, on there? 18. Yeah, just to set the stage, she was at eight under on eighteen t. She knew that Lilia Vu was in the clubhouse at ten under, meaning Albane needed to eagle eighteen. Did she know? Did, Did she, she know? know yeah, they sure? were they well, were saying on the broadcast they didn't think so, which it, I thought was a, it's a her cop fault. out. Yeah, you gotta know. You gotta know. And like they said, if she doesn't want to know, her caddy has to know. And for her not to even hit driver on 18, I mean, she took she took any chance of reaching into out of it on the tee. And I don't know. I just, uh, God, she hasn't been in this spot at all as a professional. And you don't know how many spots like that you're going to be a part of. I just think you, you you owe it to yourself to, to go for it. I, I admittedly don't know enough about her game to say like, she can get there in two, right? But there's something about that tee shot that made her very uncomfortable, obviously, if she's hitting three wood. I don't know if she thought she could get driver over that tree, around that tree, which way she wants to shape it or what it is, or even if with her best drive, if she'd have got up there and known she couldn't reach or wasn't couldn't had no chance of holding the green. Again, I think with the TIO kind of stadium seating back there, that she can bang whatever she wanted off there. If she could, if she could reach, maybe she reached that conclusion. Maybe they determined earlier in the week, we can't get there. There's no it's just can't happen. I'd be surprised if that was the case. How many Eagles were there on 18 today? I know Nelly did, but I mean, the broadcast didn't really show a whole heck of a lot more. Maybe that's it. Tough pin to get close to, but maybe you're hoping for a chip in, uh, uh, you know, to make it happen. That's the only excuse I can give her for, for not sending it down there, but uh, they were perplexed on the broadcast, but I, they didn't really spend enough time to kind of break that down to, to paint that picture for us of, could she have gotten there? Yeah. So she pars 18, finishes at eight under, tied for fourth. So the upshot is, you know, by far her best result in a major as a professional. So kudos to her. She's uh, sw- She plays under the Swiss flag, so important. You know, I think she's hunting a spot on that European Solheim Cup team. Um, so a, a, a good result overall, but man, hated that decision on 18. Alim Kim had a little, I mean, she was 10 under par when she made the turn, came home in 38, made a par after shanking it on 18. Uh, but she was swagging a little bit out there. She was walking some putts in, putter raise. Uh, <laughs> I love her pre-shot routine. Like she really looks like she's getting down and ready to get steep on it. She's kind of got a little TC pre-shot routine, uh, you know, in that part. But I like watching Alim Kim play. She, she's she got some really nice game. 
I do too. It's funny how much more comfortable she she seems too as a chaser. You know, Grant on Friday uh, talked about like her being in the lead was such a foreign position for her, and yeah. she won her U.S. Open coming from behind. Um, I, I I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but our young hitter Lauren Coglin texted me during the round. And it was like Alim Kim is so much fun. She is mm. funny, even in her broken English. She just is cracks people up and so i thought that played for most of the day she was paired with uh ataya titicum and man it just seemed like they were really vibing together and then obviously it all came undone for both of them on the 18th which was unfortunate i love titicum's energy i think she's gonna be awesome like if she be really develops into like a big time star like she's great yeah sick golf swing i really freaking love that golf swing yeah she's she's 20 top five player she's she's kind of you know as we look to like okay who's the next lpga player to to win their first major it's her um i can just quickly give you some tc down the leaderboard thoughts if you guys will bear with me i thought allison corpus hung in there today again she found herself in a very unfamiliar position and very easily could have shot 78 today, I thought. And and she hung in, and she had a very, very solid week, finished at tied for fourth, eight under par. I know not the final round that she would have liked, but I was impressed with just her ability to, to kind of hang in there. Um, as far as the Solheim Cup goes, some, some nice results for... Sorry, before we yeah. get off that, uh, unforgivable spelling of Allison. I, I can't. I, 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 I do not understand... Allison with two L's in the end. I, I don't know where that comes from, but uh, I, it's just unforgivable for me. It throws, <laughs> throws me way off. Can't can't do it. Can't do it. We'll do it. We'll, can't have it. Uh, noted. I was going to talk about some Solheim, but before I get there, I do want to say Patty Tavitanikit went 77-76 on the weekend. Cody, Super do you want to answer for that? Yeah, that was Cody's pick. Cody, hop on in Cody, here. Cody, come in here. Listen, <laughs> I, it, it was not a good weekend, but she. I will say this. She put us in a position where we're actually talking about her and the golf. You that said she, she's back. The golf that she's playing on the weekend. Did did I expect her to completely shit the bed this weekend? No, but she at least put herself in a position for us to be talking about her again. And that's a Simple win question. in my books. Will you apologize? Simple question. No, <laughs> absolutely. Will you, apologize? Will you apologize for Lucy I do Lee's, for Lucy Lee's slow back. play? Penalty. I do believe that Patty is back. <laughs> All right. Will you, this is will a you apologize? This, I, I hear you, Kevin. Just wait. Just what about wait. the slow play? What about okay. slow play? <laughs> Listen, I think Patty like has turned such a corner. Like Grant talked about it on Friday during the show. I think really making the cut in Arizona was like this huge weight lifted off of her shoulder. And there's like nothing but good things coming up this year. Like, I, again, I'll go back to this, and I talked to like Meg. Had I was just a, joking, man. Will you apologize, man? That's no, just, that was, Meg just had a, a great. We're excited tweet. she's back. <laughs> Meg had a great tweet on it, and like the fact that we can actually talk about her on the weekend is exciting, at least for me, and I and it should be for everyone else out there. Now, KVV, we know that she is slow. It's been Lucy Lee. Now we're on Lucy, we're on Lucy, Lucy Lee. Lee <laughs> she is one of the like. Uh, on Epson tour in amateur golf, you, like you name it. We know that she is very, very slow. And I give kudos to the Chevron. I give kudos to the rules official and for them to actually put like, give a penalty via fine at a major championship. And I hope that Lucy uses this as like a lesson learned 
and she fucking like turns it around because I, I, I don't like slow play. Nobody likes slow play. Everybody knows that she is a super slow player and I am fine with that. It does not change how I feel about her one bit. And nor should it. I, I just wanted to make sure that you were on the record. Is it, if we're going to hold Patrick Cantlay to account for his slow play, we can also hold, you know, NLU favorite Lucy Lee. And I'll say the same thing to the PGA Tour. Find him. Write him up. That's all you have to do. Publish. Give us a weekly fucking slow play report. A monthly report. Something. Do something. And kudos again to Chevron and the LPGA Tour for doing something here. As long as we're giving kudos, I want to give kudos to NBC. They stuck, was it 90 minutes over their window on network TV to stay with the uh, the tournament play and the the playoff? I mean, maybe it's, you know, probably like if they never, if they didn't set the standard for many, many years of not doing that, it probably wouldn't be worth a kudos, but uh, that's a changing of of how that things have been done for a long time there. So I, I believe some credit is owed there. Randy's hesitant to, to give, give credit to that. They can pat themselves on the back, but I wouldn't strain their arm too much uh, for hanging with a, a major tournament that, that they're broadcasting. Major. Uh, Jin Young Ko shot a 68 today, finished tied for ninth. She's going to get that yellow box on her Wikipedia page, but I am here to tell you folks, this is the definition of a backdoor top 10. God, I love the yellow box. Let's just call them yellow box performances from now on. We don't need to say the Wikipedia part. I, I love that. I, I'm such a huge Wikipedia guy when it comes to majors, but that's a yellow box performance uh, from uh, Jin Young Ko. I, I, I would love to get in there and shade the ba- the true back doors. Let's shade them like red. I, I think they need to be distinguished. Um, uh, speaking of top again, 10. So yes, backdoor top okay. 10 for uh, Jin Young Ko. I will say this. She did not have a single round over par. She shoots rounds of 72, 71, 70, 68 for this backdoor top 10. I don't know what else you want her to do on a Sunday when everybody else was completely lighting themselves on fire. She fires a final round 68 to finish at 7 under. What no, else do you want? want? I just want her to play a little better the first three rounds. I mean, probably like be a factor in the tournament. Is, yeah, uh, I, I don't think that's yeah. that's too much to ask. Today, on the hardest day that the course actually had teeth, we are upset because she shoots one of the rounds of the day. I'm not upset about her performance today. I'll give I, you I this just, on on Thursday. Not not so good, but hey. Guys, can we talk about Jay Ray's stat about no number one player has won since Lydia Ko did? Like, is the is the World X Women's rankings too much of a, an anvil around the neck to win majors? That's incredible. I, that that is more incredible than nobody coming from outside of the top ten to win since yeah. 1988 for me. Ah, uh, there's not that many that have done on the men's side either. It, it's just it's it's thin, but the the gap between one and ten is is thin in on both sides of the aisle. I'd say there. I mean, I think so, there's it's 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 still if you're number one solid. player in the world, you're solid. coming in with at best a ten to twelve percent chance of winning the golf tournament, right? So back to 2016 for a number one overall winner, that's not like that. Eight that's years since no number one player has won a, a major. So we're talking 24 majors that no number one the number one player hasn't won. That's a lot. Eight times, wasn't it five majors? Right? Well, five majors. Oh, Forty. So oh, really good man. <laughs> Forty majors. Is that right? There've been forty majors since 2016. Well, I don't know. 2020. I don't think we yeah. paid. We didn't play five in 2020. Yeah, we didn't play five, but you get the idea. It 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 is remarkable, and, and honestly, I don't think we need to have the conversation today. 
But at some point, we got to talk about Jin Young and her majors. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. She's got two of them, and that's great. Are they the two fake ones? I Ooh. just. Yeah, they are. I, I Chevron and Avion. Yep. With with what she shows us the rest of the year and, and what we know her talent level to be, I think it's a fair conversation to have at some point. How about this rule with women's majors? You, If you've won one of the big three, the three real ones, your other ones count. The Chevron and Evian count, but so you you, ha- you have to yeah. have won one of those, and then the rest. So if if, if you got to validate it, yeah. If Jin exactly. Youngko wins a U.S. Women's Open or a Women's British or the Women's PGA, she'll have three majors. But right now she has zero. I, I think that's a fair way to go about this. Okay, I actually like that. I like that. <laughs> I know we're going to talk about that a little. Just okay. Uh, just a couple more notes. Sorry. Uh, let's see. What do I want to do? Um, our go. first land. Our first round leader. P and Chain finished at plus five, tied for 49th. Uh, That's sick. That surprises nobody. Long golf tournament. I want to shout out Isla Galitsky for being the top amateur. She came in at one over par, tied for 28th. That's a very good result. She's playing. She has both. uh, She she has Thai nationality and Canadian nationality. That's something to watch for, which she ends up uh, playing under once she inevitably turns pro. Um and then you see uh, the, the Solheim Cup depth of the Europeans. Georgia Hall, Carlota Saganda, and Celine Boudier all had very nice weeks in, in that kind of top 10 to top 20 range. So um, that's all I got really going on the leaderboard. All right. Uh, we, we, had a, we had a pretty solid conversation on Friday, I think, at the halfway point of this, uh, of this event, kind of discussing what, what major championships are, what, uh, what, you know, what the landscape of women's major championships look like. Um, I'm wondering if you guys feel any differently. I know not everyone listened to the show on Friday night, so we'll, we'll probably rehash a little bit of what we talked about then, but, uh, what's your guys reaction to the first Chevron championship, uh, major championship at Carlton woods, um, overall everything we just saw. I was just sort of sad at how few people it looked like there was there. You know, it just didn't really have the energy of like what you hoped they would be. I mean, it, obviously, the weather sucked. Uh, Karen was saying, you know, there was more people there on Saturday. But man, when you have a major championship and the final group is coming down the stretch and you see in like 25 people surrounding the green, like that's that's tough. Uh, yeah. The, the, the lack of energy on the ground was it just possible. Yeah, just and it's just not commensurate with with what a major championship should be. That's a shame. Tough to know what what you know weather did as far as that goes. Heard rumors that people were being charged for parking. Which listen, uh, I think Chevron's got a ton of money. I would love for them to throw just a little bit of that. Maybe we cover parking. Maybe we encourage more folks to get out to the tournament. I think logistics with some of the shuttles were a bit of a nightmare. I think, you know, it wasn't quite Kiowa uh, several years ago where where the media members were just tweeting through their misery. But I I do know it was tough getting from some of the the lots via shuttle to the course, which is a shame. I want to echo, though, what Karen said. I, I thought the course itself provided what I thought was a a good challenge for a major championship, especially on the women's side. I I thought it challenged them in a lot of ways. I thought it produced by and large a a pretty interesting, entertaining leaderboard. I thought the closing nine was a ton of fun. So I I don't want some of my complaints and criticisms to 
outweigh what I thought was a very fun day of golf. Um, I think if I were to grade this tournament and this first year at Carlton Woods, you know, B minus maybe. I, I think there's a lot to improve on. But um, Solly, I, I think you were maybe more outspoken. And so I, I want to throw it to you for your thoughts. I, I think I would the like the highest grade I would give it is a D if we're oh if we're God. if we're calling this a major championship. I think this was a standard elevated LPGA tour event. Can I you think. go into that because you kind of blew my mind Friday night when when you were talking about uh, a, a sponsored event versus a major championship? I mean that's that's I, I again when you pull in the string of what majors are, it's kind of it gets really shaky really quickly. Like, I don't want to have the whole conversation of how we ended up with four majors on the men's side, how we ended up with five on the, on the women's side, but there's three women's majors that have true identities. It's the U S women's open. It's a, it's the AIG women's open, which has a sponsor, uh, right? And that's, so it's not just like, if you have a sponsor, it ruins it. Uh, and then lastly, there's KPMG women's PGA, obviously, which has a sponsor on it. And U S women's open has been sponsored by ProMedica. Uh, at least last year was. Uh, so it's not like the sponsors ruin it. In fact, they help elevate the purse. They add a lot of value to it. But like that's literally what happens we- every week in every professional golf event, right? Is somebody, some sponsor puts up the naming rights of it and puts on a golf tournament. And at one point, this tournament, you know, this this tournament was the Dinosaur, which was, uh, you know, held at Mission Hills for 50 plus years or whatever it was. And it had a history to it. And there was, that was kind of the story as to why it was a major. Evian is... I don't even know the full story, but a big purse, you know, tacked on is like, Hey, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll come do this if we can be a major, which I'm like, even what is it? Then at that point we're having the conversation of what is a major. And when you have the same graphics, like kind of same broadcast effort, dull crowd really. And a golf course that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with the golf course, but not really like worthy of a major championship title, not one every single year. That's for sure. And I'm left with wondering, other than being told a million times this week on the broadcast that it's a major championship, nothing about that felt major. Like, none of it did. And I think it diminishes the value of the other major championships. I don't want to have this conversation. I want to support the women's game. I really do. But we have to be, like, totally honest and saying, like, when I when I, when I I watch a lot of that, it had a great finish, like a really fun finish. But the path to getting there was not worth it and not uh, not uh, barely even elevated off of normal LPGA tour event as a golf fan. You know what I was thinking, Sally, is like when we do all these deep dives and stuff and you always like joke about how they have these like awesome intros where they're sort of talking about, and then the little man from, you know, it could, it could be Phil Mickelson. Like, why, why can't we have something like that? Like to sort of set the stage and like get you sort of pumped up, right? Like, give me some like music. Give me some like shots of all the like, will this be Nelly's moment to rise or will a new one contend? You know, sort of cheese dick thing that yes. like all Build a major- narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And that I think that's where they struggle a little bit about like, you know. Just show me the characters. Give me, give me like the story of Lily Vu's family. Like, you know, all that stuff. I, I just, I, I don't want to put this on the broadcasters. I thought worked their tails off to like, give us yeah. a, a fair amount of knowledge on all of these players. Like, I, I don't think that's what's missing. It's just like, there's no gravitas. Like there was just, again, it felt like a normal week on the LPGA tour. That's fine. I just like, don't like being, I don't want to say lied to or like pretending like this is the same as women winning the KPMG or winning the U S women's open at pebble like that. Those two are not in the same bucket. I'm sorry. I'm not even, you know what? I'm not sorry. Like I, that's just, that's just an obvious thing that like, I, I feel like otherwise we're kind of pretending to elevate this thing. Will you, will you not apologize? I will not apologize <laughs> for, for saying that. Like, come on, like it's on, it's on. I don't know. I, I don't, again, I want the women's game to expand. I want it to grow. I want it to succeed. 
And I don't think that's the path. Like, whatever the path is, I don't think it's what we saw this past week. I don't want to rush to judgment on it. Like, you know, it takes years and years and years to build up major championship pedigree. It was probably never going to happen in, in year one. I know they're going to renovate the course some. I just, I just don't think they're that close to solving it. It's an overall feeling of watching that. And that was the sentiment I gathered online. And I, 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 I struggle to, uh, to see it expanding at this location. So you raise very good points. I don't, I, I can't disagree with any of them, I guess where I would maybe just drill in and, and, and have some nuance is we'll be very curious what type of changes they're going to make to the course. The, the word is they're going to start immediately. Um, I, uh, again, having like a pretty challenging stretch, 13 through 16, you got a par 3 17th, you got a, a reachable par 5 18th. I can squint and see the bones of a course that, you know, can play host. Now, is it the best course? Is it the best place they can be? No, it's not. Um, I, I, I just, I, I want to try to like it though, because it's going to be there at least for the next five years. Now, Solly, what you said and, and KVV, what you said is exactly right. And I've been banging this drum for years and years is the, the, the way they present the golf tournament is just where this comes up woefully short of what a major should be. Uh, they had an hour of Peacock streaming, but essentially Saturday and Sunday, they had an hour on Golf Channel and then two hours on NBC. So you get six hours of TV coverage at a major on a weekend. That's not acceptable. There's no place to go for dedicated streaming. I would have loved to have watched the, the Nelly group all 18 holes. I would have loved to have kind of seen her first six holes. I would have loved to flip over and watch Lilia Vu, you know, when, when she's making a charge. Um, the, 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 the lack of streaming is, is a huge problem. Uh, and then, yeah, I think this just ultimately falls on Golf Channel, NBC, the higher-ups. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of resources put into making this feel like a major. KVV, you're absolutely right with some intros, trying to build narratives, trying to build storylines. That's honestly, it's inexcusable. I mean, it really is. I, I read Beth Ann Nichols came out with a piece today. A lot of leaders from around the world of golf converged at Carlton Woods earlier this week to talk about the women's game and, and you know, how they can move it forward. Golf Channel's Molly Solomon was there. I would love to hear what she thinks about how they put this broadcast forward and, and whether they could do more because I just keep waiting for them to make an investment them to try to elevate some of these events and i don't see it and that's really a shame and we can cry resources we all know why right but until somebody just makes the decision and and makes you know like we we have to make some decisions that aren't necessarily about immediate dollars and cents here yes uh, nothing's going to change until that happens no, somebody needs to be the example. Big, you brought up course uh, renovations, whatever they're doing, and injecting money into it. I believe it's just greens and sand. I know sand was a big concern going in. Just and drainage, because, yeah. I said, yeah. Just because I, I'm sure, you know, knowing Nick, Nicholas designs, I'm sure there's gonna just going to be more catch basins out there, which yeah. is 
Like, and like what you described of that back nine is just like that's a typical LPGA course. Like a lot of them have yeah. holes and setups like that that are totally fine. There was again, there was nothing wrong with it. Like I, there were interesting elements to the course, interesting fair punishments of of uh, bad shots getting punished and good shots getting rewarded and and things like that. But I think they could use some green expansion out there. I thought there was like way too much fringe out there, but it it it's not close. Like it's not it. Like I, I don't know what to what to. There's just no there's no gravitas to the course at all. And when you compare it to the, the major championship lineup of venues that they're going to play over the next several years, this sticks out like a sore thumb. Like it, it is not close to the, uh, there's been so much elevation in the top courses that are played in the women's game. And like to tack this on, it just feels like this should not be the same category. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Big per your point, like ESPN found out that when they started investing in the women's basketball tournament and like showing more stuff that a lot of people really wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah, check what, it out. What, right. what, a, what a big surprise. Like the reason that like the Iowa, you know, uh, basketball team became such a huge thing. Obviously it was Caitlin Clark, but like, hell, there might be a Caitlin Clark out there. It might be, you know, Lilia Vu. It might be, you know, Athletico. Like, like might be Nellie Corda. And you, the, you, you just <laughs> went into her story, KVB. You don't think Lilia Vu is a good story? Yeah, like, totally. You, sh- you should be singing that from the mountaintops today i think of the same thing when you think of like companies and like why they aren't investing monies into women's athletics specifically professional athletics and then i remind myself of like what nil money is like right now and like three of the top five earners are all female athletes and you're like what the hell what what why is this not coming up on the professional side of it but i will say this well, you didn't see other, uh, I mean, hole in one on, on uh, Saturday, Chevron donates, a, what was it, a million bucks to yep. charity? Like, cool. But, like, you know, this purse is a $5.1 million purse. It's went up a 1000 or $100,000 from last year because the Aramco Saudi Ladies Invitational was at $5 million. Like, they moved it up because they had to differentiate themselves from that event. There's a multitude of other things that you can do outside of purses to make this stand like on its own and and make it feel like a major championship. But there's also something inherent in it that you can't like, all right, the nice cars for the, for the past champions. And and I'm sure the women have nothing but good things to say about the tournament and and all that stuff. Right. But there's still important, which I will say is is important again for the LPGA. Yeah. Right, but like right. the majors are kind of about the fans, right? It's about I, I think it's not this be. major. A, it sure this didn't feel like it was about the fans. That's what I'm saying. That that's exactly what I'm saying. Is like this if that and that was not the solution to it. Tony, so. I see your comment. Tony uh, Aguirre in the comments said mentioned this. Chevron is literally worth three hundred twenty billion dollars. Right. So I'm sure they've they they have a budget for DNI initiatives and it's it's great. Um, I, I don't want to just bag on them. I, I want to kind of evolve this into, okay, well, where could the LPGA go, right? Or, or what are some other options? What do other options look like? Go to and, fucking Memorial Park. Go down the well, road. And, and that's what I'm curious about, the optics of playing a major at a course that hosts a normal PGA event. Well, I don't know also, the answer to that. That event is probably going directly in front of the Masters, right? So we're talking about events yeah. in back-to-back months, and that's probably... I mean, like, do you want the answer, Randy? Like, the answer? It's a women's master at Augusta National. Like, that's the only oh, thing that, of like, course. really you can... That's the only thing that would become a major in my mind. I'm sure. I, I, yeah. I realized how far of a cry that was, probably. Right. But, like, also a, a women's amateur tournament at Augusta National sounded like a far cry 10 years ago, I would yeah. have imagined. So... um but that's kind of the only thing. 
I really well, do think. Short of that, and and I will say we saw Augusta put on a tournament in the fall. Uh, it, it is doable. I think that would be a wonderful place to put a women's Masters as the last major of the year. Uh, anywhere in golf would have the spotlight all to themselves. Hey, you saw Augusta in the spring. Now you get to see it one more time in the fall. Too good to be true there. Uh, short of that, and I would also throw, sorry, TPC Sawgrass uh, yep. in there yep. as, hey, that would have my attention as a, as a course. Jay, you want to be a, such a proud supporter? You want to come up for photo exactly. shoot days? Or do you yeah. want to actually like support this tour? And that's and that's and that pisses me off too. You're going to get me angry again. Is like, yeah, the PGA. And, and I think I, I don't want to put Chevron in this group, but I think it's easy for a lot of companies uh, the PGA Tour being one to say, hey, look, no, we have this strategic partnership with the LPGA. And when you really drill down in that, it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, what are you actually doing it for them? To check the box, bro. Yeah, and that's what it feels like. I will say the LPGA, if you're going to own and run a major, I actually think they're sitting on it and they they need to pivot to the Founders Cup being the fourth major get rid of chevron as a major if chevron wants to become the title sponsor of the founders cup great get rid of evian as a major the founders cup was started as a way to celebrate the original founders of the lpga tour you have the history built in right there you can use it to celebrate the history i don't know how many are living original founders these days they i know we've we've had a couple pass away but you could bring in the legends of the game every week. Uh, they've actually played the last several years at wonderful courses up in New Jersey. Uh, they're going to play it again at Upper Montclair Country Club, which looks very yeah, nice. That's sweet. The Founders Cup needs to be the major that the LPGA owns and operates, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's not Chevron's fault. Uh, no, no, I don't no. think that they're doing anything necessarily wrong in this. Yeah. It's just like, dude, you just can't fake majors. I'm well, sorry, let alone if you're going to invest it and like move it from a location that does have history that might have been getting a little bit stagnant and move it to your hometown, which I understand the hometown's got to rally around it. I mean, the Woodlands yeah. had a fucking Iron Man on Saturday morning that like caused traffic delays. People like you couldn't get to the course. Everything was thrown out of whack. Like it takes more than just their little secluded multi-million dollar community to rally around this. It takes a city. And that's what you get when like all these big events are in the Midwest or somewhere else. When you look at the Toledo's and you look at the Michigan event and you look at like, you know, Des Moines. Yeah. All yeah. these other places that like, Omaha. Th this is Let's, what they get, yeah. you know, that's it. And that's why you see this like overwhelming ground swelling of support for it. Um, anything else on the LPGA front? We got, we got some, some men's stuff to talk about this week as well. Anything else before we wrap there? That's it. I, I'd say the only other interesting nugget, but like I, I mentioned before, Beth Ann Nichols uh, has a piece at Golf Week about this meeting of golf leaders. I, I thought the only other thing you could take away, Stacey Lewis on the subject of joint events, uh, Beth Ann quotes her as saying, I think he, he meaning Commissioner Jay Monahan of the PGA Tour, I think he realizes that they need to do more, said Stacey Lewis. He said that to me multiple times yesterday. It's just now whether we can push it forward and actually do something about it. And I would say a freaking men and the proof will be in the pudding. Mm. Yeah. Just I, instead of words, like I would love to see some action because last week they were all hot and bothered about this new champions tour three-way match play thing. That's the same weekend as their joint PGA tour LPGA tour event. 
So which yeah. one is a priority for them? The old guys <laughs> or having a joint event with the ladies? They need to figure it out. I'm you so have. glad they had that that joint event. That, that's, everyone, we're just waiting for that. Like well, There's so many me. fans asking for that. Annika's over playing in the Champions Tour Pro-Am as a celebrity. Like, okay. Why isn't Michelle, she at Michelle is major at the 8 a.m. Invitational in Vegas. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Uh, I, guys, I got very little from Zurich. I'm not going to lie. Davis Riley and Riley Davis got the win. Uh, that joke was worth uh, using. <laughs> if, I, if I may say, uh, Nick Hardy as well. Uh, I, 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 again, I think this event fits in better now with the designated event model. That's like very clearly, this is a second tier event and it's a fun little variable from the other second tier events. And it, I, I really have enjoyed the cadence a little bit more on the PGA tour this year, just to be able to be like now, instead of me thinking the Zurich sucks, like I just go in knowing it's second tier event and I, I view it totally different. Like it's totally a delight to have on. Doesn't really matter a whole lot to me who wins or who doesn't win. It's, it's there for entertainment purposes and uh, it served its purpose this week. I would say to that. So I think um, that, I think that's right. I, I, uh, I was really glad to see Colin and Max play, and I love that they teamed up. And I know both guys are out of gas from the schedule the last several weeks, but uh, I'm glad they played. And I'm also disappointed they missed the cut. What a what a what a bad yeah. showing for them. I, I thought the only way that this could have mattered for me is if they came out and were like kicking ass, and like maybe if like Xander and Cantley were, you know kind of going head to head or whatever yeah. that would have maybe I would have flipped over and I've been like, all right, I definitely want to watch some of this. Especially it's like, in an alt shot setting today. Yeah. It would have had a Ryder cup kind of feel like, but obviously that just was a big whiff of that. You know, it didn't work out. So I, I do wonder if, um, if it, if they should just go all shot all the way. Right. I mean, yeah. the, the, the four ball really kind of bogs it down a little bit. There's so hard to make a move in four ball. And really, if you shoot six under, you're just going backwards. Um, I, I, I don't have an, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they don't do that, but uh, I, I found some of the scores to be interesting. Like Nick Hardy and, and Davis Riley shot 64, 66, 63, 65. Uh, so they shot 13 under in alt shot and shot 17 under in four ball, which is really, really freaking close. Xander and Cantlay shot better in alt shot than they did in four ball. Wow. <laughs> they went crazy. 67, 63. Again, the 63 is in uh, alt shot and they went 66, 66 in the weekend did not win. You know, what we call that. That's a Mackenzie Hughes, <laughs> uh, but their two best rounds, uh, you know, number one and T two rounds for the week were both in alt shot, which I found that to be. They should have won this tournament, obviously. Keith and Sungjae were an awesome team. They were absolutely killing it in the interviews this week. Uh, that is the most personality I've ever seen out of Sungjae. Uh, Keith got a lot out of him and was kind of talking <laughs> yeah. about uh, quizzing him on what positions were for in football, and he said, "Go Bulldogs!" and uh, that was a that was that's the essence of this event, I think, is like embrace some of these relationships and some fun personality elements to it. And I thought that was really fun. Is it is a good thing or bad thing that Duvall and uh, John Daly played? Like, I mean, I saw that they shot like 45 on one of the nines. Like, just like, I mean, I definitely play with a lot of guys who put up 45 on nine and are like, oh, that's a good score for me. But uh, to see that, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty bad. Solly, I think you and Cody could have could have beat that. I, I think, like, not to you know, no pressure, but I, if they're yeah, looking horrible. for another veteran next year, sign me the fuck up. I might, <laughs> I might have felt beat that guy. It, it, this is a non-serious event. 
this is a really non-serious event in my mind. And the more serious you take it, the worse off it is. So through that lens, I don't have a problem with Daly and Duvall playing in it. I just, again, PJ Tour has been decimated for talent. Like there's been like a ton of talent has left the PGA Tour and they've congregated the talent in certain events this year, right? It's a weird year. There's going to be a lot more events this year that are very laughable at how the bottom of the field gets gets filled out. And it has been so far to this point. So it like that's just a casualty of live is like there's, you know, get the next guy up off the corn fairy list or whatever it was going to be or past champ or bring John Daly out. Like who's going to put some more butts in the seats? Like it's probably going to be John Daly. Like, I'm sorry. And that's just a reality of of pro golf. Does so. anybody know? Did Daly ride in a cart at all this, or did he just we actually hoof it the whole time before they missed the cut? I, I would fascinated cares? to know that. I will yeah. say <laughs> this: uh, shout out uh, hitter alum Brandon Matthews T seven with his Sean or with his partner Sean O'Hare. Like seeing that, uh, and surprisingly, like dude, obviously he hits the ball an absolute mile, but his short game was like pretty good when I saw him on uh, on air today. He's gotten his game's gotten pretty darn tidy. I'm very excited for for Brandon Matthews. This this would have to involve uh, some shuffling of the schedule, and I know that we have the silly season exhibition PGA LPGA team event, but the Zurich just screams to me as it should be one PGA player, one LPGA player and for sure. You know, you, you want to bring juice to this event. That's that's the way I would be interested. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird how it, you know, how you can get FedEx Cup points based off somebody else, how somebody else played, right? Like, that is freaking weird to me, right? Like, it shouldn't be, you know, for for all the OWGR, like, issues that there are also out there, like, does this, this doesn't factor in OWGR, does it? No. Okay, never mind. We'll ignore that part. But anyways, like, you can get... What's is it? Torbjorn Olsen lost 10 shots uh, to the field in ball striking this week and his partner gained seven and a half shots. Like, And uh, so I don't know. It, it's weird that like, you try to pretend like this actually counts in something versus it being more of an exhibition. But um, I'm trying to think, you know, when when Brooks had Chase as his partner here, it felt like there was a lot more of an uproar about it compared to this year with Matt having Alex, Alex yeah. out there. I, I don't know. I mean, wasn't Alex like a little bit more of an accomplished player than Chase was? I mean, it seemed like it wasn't like Chase was even really like a great junior player like Alex was. I don't know. I don't th- maybe I'm overthinking this is just we just discussed like who cares? Yeah. That's we, uh, I'm going to be straight with you. We, we don't, don't care. care. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> Not a bad segue though for I think what's coming next. Ooh. Oh, Randy wants to talk about Live Adelaide. What uh, no. what, what are your highlights no. from Live Adelaide, buddy? I will say this. I didn't watch any of it, but just seeing some of the clips on uh, social media, it seemed like the the atmosphere was outstanding, which I'm not really surprised. I mean, take a, take a good event, put it in Australia where folks are thirsty to watch world-class golf and some of the biggest names in golf, and that's not a surprise to me. Um, can't really tell you that too much beyond that, except I think Chase Kepka made a hole-in-one at some point. He did. He did. Um, they the live invented throwing beers on the on the playing surface uh, after a hole in one as well. Guys, I, I got so. it. I figured it out. What if live is just all Australia, like just all the way up the Gold Coast and back? I love it. Which I'm here for that. Sweet. Yeah, I've got I've got some notes here if you're ready for it, but it includes that. Right. <laughs> so uh, got some thoughts, as you might imagine, on on live Adelaide. 
by by all measures, I would have to say it looks like an extremely successful event. The fan interest appeared to be very real. The atmosphere, very real. Looked like a lot of people were having a lot of fun with that. Australians have made it very clear that they are hungry for some pro golf. They went to a good golf course, but it looked kind of easy, but I was intrigued to watch that golf course. I turned it on and I enjoyed seeing those those bunker cuts and that whole setting in, in that area of the world is freaking awesome. And it offered like a different product that I think was a refreshing change of pace from what we've seen from live so far. Like, I think I, I, you know, I got countless messages this week from people being like, Oh, look what, look what the PGA tour is missing out on like really fun vibe. I really, I think that's of course very fun. I would say to those people, I would recommend directing those messages that those thank yous to to the sugar daddy, Mohammed bin Salman, the sugar daddy of live golf is what has brought that event uh, upon the shores of live Adelaide. I think that's where, uh, you know, if, if live golf looked like what Adelaide looked like, I could understand the appeal and the people that claim to be so in love with live golf. Uh, yeah. I could understand that. I really could if it was like that, because that offered something different than what we've seen. Now, again, make no mistake, this is the first one of these we've seen that looks like this. And it, again, if it felt like this was the future of it, I also think I might feel differently about it. But they're going to go to Singapore next week, and it's going to be nothing like that. And it's going to look a heck of a lot more like the other events look like. And I think if live, a live tour was just based in Australia, how interesting would that be? Like, that would be pretty freaking interesting, right? If the demand is that real, then you're offering something that, you know, is really appealing to golf fans. But again, we don't, that's not what this thing is. It's not the Australian golf tour. It's a sports watch sports washing exercise for Saudi Arabia. And the Australians certainly were very willing to help the Saudis with that this weekend. And I feel very happy for the people that are down there. I continue to say the same thing when it comes to Australian golf. Like I love it. I think it's some of the best in the world. I wish we saw the best players in the world play down there. Hopefully in my adult life, we do get to see that, but there's also just some realities in pro golf that are of course, part of the consideration if you don't have a sugar daddy and if it was only about getting, you know, people to show up in person, there'd be a big event down there. If there was a $25 million purse, I have a feeling the top players in the world would end up down there. I would love it to happen. I'd love for the top players in the world to love it to happen, but it just doesn't seem that eminent. Again, I'm happy for the people down there. They were able to enjoy the event. They got served something by live golf that I don't think the rest of the world can say they've been served by live golf to this point. Um, they've benefited from it. Me as a golf fan, I do not think I've benefited from it greatly. They've not offered me a different, something that I'm looking for when it comes to, uh, you know, professional golf, if you will. Um, and that's just, that's kind of my reaction to it. I'm amazed at how many people on the ground want us to like change our thoughts on this because they had a good time down in Australia and they got to see some good golf in person. I just don't know what this changes. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to respond to all that. And <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I reading all that. <laughs> Well, no, I just think um, what what I just said about the PGA having that strategic alliance with the LPGA, I mean, the same thing holds true with the DP World Tour, the former Euro Tour. Like, I I think, you know, and especially in light of kind of the, the fan involvement and enthusiasm that was on display this weekend, man... Jay, figure out a way to get a, a real PGA Tour event down in Australia, right? Like that's like when we talk about strategic alliances and trying to grow the game and certainly on a, on a global level, like I just feel like that's the stuff that should really come to the forefront. So that's all I wanted to say. KVV, please react to, uh, to what Solly said. So I, I'm with Solly in the sense of I've always said that if every week was like the waste management, like I could see where Liv could sort of say, 
hey man, like we're younger, we're sort of more cool, we're you know we're the hip sort of future of golf, but it's not. Like there's a lot of tournaments at Live that are just really you know a kind of a ghost town, and so like I think it's awesome. I, I love Australian golf in general, just like Sally. I also think that like a lot of the blame that's all constantly directed at the PGA Tour by Australian fans is a little bit unfair, right? Because and here's why. Here's why you ought to direct some of that blame on like Australian corporations who are not willing to put up the money to have golf tournaments there because like obviously money runs the world. The reason why you're having a golf tournament in Australia that you care about is because someone is putting up a massive amount of money with no expectation of any return other than sort of reputational. So like, if you're okay with that, then then, and everyone gets to make their own decision on that, then that's awesome. Like, I wish that there was, you know, I wish that money didn't run as much of the world of golf that it did, but it does. And so your anger as an Australian ought to be more directed at your own sort of, and look, you can make the argument to me that like, how dare you like Australia's, you know, it's got a, you know, a population of people who are sort of underserved and definitely need, you know, more help. Why should we be putting money towards professional golf? Like I get that, man. We're going to have that conversation. I hear it, but man, like it's, it's not the PGA tours fault that there aren't PGA tour tournaments down there. Like it's the, there are American corporations that are putting up 20 and $25 million to host a tournament. You show me an Australian tournament that would put up 25, 30, you might get like a tournament down there. You get a fall tournament down there. Maybe you could get more, you know, I mean, Tiger Woods used to go down there for a shit ton of money and that's not happening because that money dried up. And so like, I get that, like you've been beset by fires and natural disasters and all kinds of shit. I'm not saying you should put up this money. I'm saying direct your anger at someone else or just kind of enjoy the sort of stuff that you have with Liv. It's great. I don't have to watch it, but I hope you enjoy it. Uh, well, uh, one, one counter argument to that, like they, the, the PGA Tour does continue to go off after like U.S. organizations to sponsor these events. And I don't think that they're like actively searching out any organizations in Australia because they're desperate to have an Australian event. Uh, at the same time, they literally laid over when the fall schedule became what it was and they increased Ryder Cup point or excuse me, FedEx Cup points and everything else. They put a complete wet blanket over everything that the Aussie PGA Tour had going. So oh, the fall I, wraparound sucked ass. For I, I, I understand yeah. that side of it. And I understand and say, yes, that there should be like, if they want a big event down there, there should be an Aussie corporation or somebody like that, that stands up and says, here's the money because yes, people will come play. If you put up the money, uh, it doesn't really matter if it's a JP McManus pro-am or if it's that's a, what this felt like, yeah. or if it's another, like, uh, you know, certified event, it, it does not matter. But at the same time, like, if the tour really wanted something in Australia, they would have put CAA or CCA or whatever the agency out there and, and, and said, figure this out for us. That's not the case. I will say, we, we talked a lot at the beginning of the year about where a lot of these live guys washed. And the Masters showed us that some of them definitely are not. And I think, like, Taylor Gooch is a good example. He, he won this, whatever the stroke play, he was leading by 10 after two days. If it was four days, I'm not sure Taylor Gooch takes home that trophy, but... Uh, you know, I think like Taylor Gooch is obviously still a good player. So I would love to see Taylor Gooch do well in the majors. I would like to see him continue to, to play in the majors because I think he's obviously someone with the potential to play good golf. I, you know, but if he doesn't, then that's what the money is for. And that's what he's chosen. That's where it is again, where people have frustrations with this is like that. What just happened in Adelaide had a very clear identity, right? It was a concert mm -hmm. at night. There were so many people there. There were people lining the fairways, 
an awesome atmosphere around the watering hole. Like that was a really fun atmosphere. But like, if you're going to play music and you're going to have teams and you're going to have Lori Cantor cycling in to play the final round because someone got hurt, like you can't also want to OWGR points and want to be treated like serious golf. It's just inherently unserious, but like that is your identity. Like have that identity. Stop trying to sue back into professional golf and get world ranking points and trying to sue back into PGA Tour events and take up lawsuits with the DP World Tour. You can't try to be all of these things. That's where some of the frustration lies. Right? If you if these dudes just went and go went and played this tour and just did what they just did in Adelaide, it would be a footnote in the conversation on this show weekly. And it would just be like, hey, I'm still kind of bummed that these guys chose to do that to play exhibition golf rather than play competitive golf. But that's kind of the reality of it. But it's it's you, they want all things and you can't have all things right and i don't know this this week should be a signal to them of like again what we are and what we should be able to do and can do and let's focus on that and not you know these unsuccessful lawsuits we have in 80 million countries let's eventually i i think we're gonna just get some adults and don't we just have to figure out a way for the tours to get along and carve out stretches where the top guys, if they so choose, can go play these types of events in areas such as Australia where there's a dearth of high-level professional golf. I, I mean, I don't it know if that's going to take five years, ten years, but it seems like we're going to get there eventually. Let's just get the egos and the animosity out of the way and get there sooner than later. It won't be live golf. You're not. It, it, it's not live. It, it, and that, it, it'll and that's be fine. a Saudi-backed series, if that's the case, right? It'll be the PGA Tour like a actual path to resolution is a PGA tour season that runs January through August. And then an Aramco series, whatever that goes around and puts up a shit ton of money in different parts of the different countries around the world, weird formats, whatever it is, exhibition golf. It's non-serious. It's not OWGR. That's what that looks like. That's the path to that. I think there's no way people are gonna be able to play live in the PGA tour. Like that's just not going to happen. If the court, assuming the courts follow what's going to happen, what has happened at the DP World Tour level as well, which is probably a safe assumption at this point. Yeah, the the, the one thing that I'll say, just talking about like the actual nuts and bolts and in, in golf that is played, like Gooch is really really good. Uh, I'm honestly kind of excited because again, like the Tulsa event, as weird as the golf courses are going to, like it's another part of the world what doesn't really get professional golf last year obviously Tulsa had like the PGA it championship the, it was the but, center of the golf world according to full swing <laughs> or, yeah of course but uh I think that's like really cool for places that are underserved and I I think if you'd ask like live or if you ask li the live supporters we have multiple of them in the chat tonight I, I appreciate them coming <laughs> three or four uh, have been there I, I think. know Parker pro Eric and, and tour pro I know it's past your guys' bedtime and mommy hasn't tucked you in yet but like I appreciate it <laughs> Uh, I agree with you guys. Like, it is really cool. And, like, Adelaide was a great vibe. And I just don't think that's replicated everywhere you go in every single event, nor do I think it should be because you can compare it to Phoenix all you want and everything else like that. What I think is missing and why I was so excited about PGL or, or Live or anything else like that is the team, like, the team side of it. And I still don't think they're doing a very good job, like, talking about the team and the team race and the team championship and all that shit. And when I try to be engaged in it, like I just, they need to figure out like what's, what side is more important? What, what am I more jacked this week? Because Chase Kepi got a hole in one, which was awesome and a cool scene. Or the fact that like Gooch just like steamrolled everybody for two rounds and then almost lost it on the third day. And then somehow like it was completely missed on me that the four aces won. 
I'm like, what? Everybody's talking about the aces. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I understand that, but like, how? Like, where am I supposed to go to find all this stuff? Like, it's still like they're the way that they're packaging it. It needs to improve. Um, this event, I guarantee you, will be like their pinnacle event for the year, which is great because it truly was like exciting to watch and see everything on social and everything else like that. But like everything else is just going to continue to fall short. Yeah, I, it's it's not time to fly the banner, right? Again, no. I, I, it's going to go right. I mean, I don't know what Tulsa is going to be like. I really don't. But I, it won't be like that, I'd imagine. I know Singapore won't be like that. And I bet I'm, they'll be chucking beers in King King Abdul Economic City. Thank though. you for putting you King Ab, for not saying Jeddah, Randy, because it is a disgrace that King Abdul Economic City and all of the virtues uh, that it provides is is doesn't get recognized on the schedule. You you guys are welcome to come up to me and, and go to uh you know the the DC event or the the Jersey event. I think I'm going to go to one of those. I'm going to get some boots on the ground again for some live uh, observations. So I'm sure you guys are dying to spend time away from your families. And I don't, I don't know action. if Big, did you put in permission with Big? I don't know if he's going to improve yeah, that I don't invoice. Know. I'm not sure that's been, <laughs> that yeah. Was, that's an out-of-pocket expensive dog. It's, it's just a drive from my house, Big. We, we can handle the gas <laughs> right. money no for that. No per diem I mean, on that day. I'm it's sure like, I'm sure Liv can give me the gas money, frankly, <laughs> for a little little coverage. They'll just float me a little, uh, a little extra, a little <laughs> travel expenses. Yeah, it's like the TSA a- line where they pull the baggage out. We're going to have to take a close. Closer look at this one. <laughs> Don't go to a Chevron station because they're tapped out now, I guess. To close it, I think the more Liv could or would focus on the global part of what they keep like saying that they're about, the better for them. Like they pretend like they don't want to win the US, but they do. Like they have nine of their 14 events are in the United States. Like their most some of their most successful stuff, I think, is going to be overseas, I think. Um, and I don't know. I it, it just seems like Everything we get glo- like locally in the U.S. is a literally knockoff of PGA Tour. Like they're going to Mayakoba, they're going to Greenbrier, they're going to Dove Mountain. They're giving like a diet version. Like if they went and played interesting golf courses like this one, an interesting, uh, you know, it's obviously a, an interesting and different format and an interesting locations. It's just a very different thing than like again what we're going to see in Singapore and other places going forward. So. Which is a lot coming from a proud West Virginian right there. He's not so one thing too is cool, but it's like we've seen it. Like the PGA Tour event there wasn't very good. So is is the live event going to be like? Come on. The the one thing too, still, did you see Richard Bland take a little shot at Eddie Pepperell on Twitter? Like just the continued like shitting on the sort of tours that helped make you like put you in a position to make this enormous amount of money. Like it, you know, there's some players who clearly like are sort of in a little bit of a you know a, a bubble, and I'm sure they would say that we're sort of in a bubble. But like we're we're separate from the players. We're media stuff. We're we're kind of sort of have opinions and stuff. But like I just don't get exactly why the players continue to shit on like other players or shit on the tours that where they came from. Like how was how was Richard Bland, who was an absolute nobody on the European tour for 22 years. Where does he get off like criticizing and shitting on Eddie Pepperell and saying, "Oh, in your 15 minutes of fame, I guess you didn't see." I got this. I got some color to add to this. Yeah, for his his tweet was uh, or Eddie said something about like, "Yeah, we've we've tried a lot of things, blah blah blah." But um, you know, you, we've tried and done plenty of different stuff over the years on the European Tour and DP World Tour, more than every other tour combined. Probably can't tell you how many juniors have hit it inside me in par threes in Holland. He's talking about fun things they've done on par threes. And Blandy replies, Ed, tell me we're on the DP World Tour where there's been a hole like this because in 22 years of playing the tour, I can't think of any, but maybe your 15 minutes on tour, you know different. And uh, somebody in asking, in asking the questions for tonight's show 
So, uh, BX Mog 88 said, Was Blandy on the sauce when he started throwing shade at Eddie Pepperell? And Eddie replied, said, Yeah, he had to be. But we all say silly things when alcohol is involved. Either way, I haven't taken it personally. And Blandy did reply and said, Unfortunately, I did have too many last night, Ed, and apologize <laughs> for what I said. Uh, I should Breaking know better news. than to tweet under the influence. Uh, big of so Blandy. I would say Blandy's uh, is absolved of any crimes here. Okay. But I do think they all get together. And they all whoop each other up and they all are so like they they're fed this propaganda and they want to like believe all these things about outside forces and everyone's against you and everyone hates you. And they just can't resist their urge to just chirp, 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 chirp at all times. So it's like, dude, just go count your millions. Just go count the money. What do you think DJ's like in those meetings, Sully? I don't know. Oh, I'm good. I ain't doing Twitter, man. I'm not doing that. I'm not not taking shots. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) it is weird of late like not only the players but like their supporters and i'll get these two chuckleheads riled up again like the victim mentality of being like uh, how come we have to we act like this because everybody's trying to shit on something that like we're desperately trying to support like no man like nobody nobody is saying that you have to compare your events to like pga tour events like that's not that shouldn't be your benchmark of like success at all like just go do your thing if that's the thing that you want to do I don't quite like. I don't get it anymore. Uh, this weekend, uh, we have Kyle Porter in the in the in the comments as well. This weekend, James Hahn tweets uh, was very unprovoked shot at uh, at Kyle Porter uh, from James Hahn. Um, Max tweeted, or uh, somebody tweeted, one of the live bots said uh, Taylor Gooch is everything Max Homo wants to be. Which is sick. Like that's Max. You can't fall for this, right? Like this is obviously a parody. You can't fall for this. Kick giving the attention. Max, you're supposed to be off Twitter, man. It's a narcotic. Get off of it. Max said the books I've read say I should give back to people in need. So here is that attention you're craving. Taylor is a great dad and a great golfer. Hope he wins this week by twenty. These live stand accounts are truly the worst. James Hahn has entered the chat and quote tweets it and says, "Not any worse than PGA Tour fanboy accounts." I got Kyle on my jockstrap 24-7. It's not any better than on the other side. And to think the PGA Tour is encouraging this type of behavior is absolutely disgusting. And he's referring to a Kyle Porter tweet that says, Speed's back probably hurts from carrying James Hond around for the last seven years. I mean, I got to say, I spent all week with Kyle at the Masters. James, you didn't come up. So I don't know about 24-7. Maybe like... <laughs> Maybe like one out of you know thirty eight you know, hour you know those times I'm not sure what I would tip phrase that but yeah it, uh, yeah I'd again. say to my guy James just if if you don't want to get dunked on stay out of the paint big man <laughs> make a business decision <laughs> like like again quick going up to maker. challenge the shot policymaker on the PGA tour yeah. <laughs> he's just live standing the whole time that's what just blows my freaking mind about all it was he hadn't tweeted since March 6th too like we have we had to kill this segment on the show because he stopped tweeting and uh just comes off the top rope for that with didn't need to bring this up because the replies got to him uh very quickly and uh he was he was feeling it probably probably pretty quickly after that so nobody talks about James Hahn more than we do I guess and it's the only kind (laughs) of thing where where James comes up in the world of golf like James I wish you success you're always welcome to come on this podcast and talk about your position but uh, you know, I think I don't think there's any like no, there's no PGA Tour talking points. There's the no PGA thing- Tour fanboy stand accounts. Like nobody roots for the actual PGA Tour. <laughs> oh, I I can't tell I mean, you. We how took many times multiple P- shots of like the commissioner during this like 
We shat all over Jay. I, I don't understand. We shat on the tour for 10 years. That's how this podcast came to be. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. do laugh at like everyone at the live events wearing live golf gear. Like imagine somebody wearing PGA tour golf gear. Like hey, imagine. Stop it. I, I, Cam Young's. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, and and Tron has worn some too. Let's see, Will. I'm sorry about that. I will say when I hung out with <laughs> Rob Lowe at, at Name Drop at, at Riviera, he was talking about how he wore that NFL hat, you know, and he said that's going to be the second line to my obit. Yes, it's going to be like for Rob sure. Rob Lowe <laughs> starred in various movies and wore an NFL hat. So like, look if you're if you're rocking the live gear, like that might be your fate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, news or notes uh, that you guys have for this week? I mean, you Weird guys week. sent me like a ton of pictures that we didn't even get to use. Would you guys have jumped in that nasty ass pond? Hell yeah. If I'd have won the tournament? Yeah, for sure. Oh, but, I, I would have wanted to take some penicillin afterwards just to make sure. What do we got? Oh, this. We talked a little bit about TIO, but uh, the drop zone, obviously, a little, little concerning. I mean, it's it's, like, it's bad. We gotta have a national conversation at some point. It's a forty. Just, like they're trying to like it, it, you know they're pushing it to the edge, so we have to have the conversation, right? It's kind of like we're acting out so, to get so the legislators actually uh, take notice of this at this point. <laughs> yes, yes. What else do we just, got? So, oh I, yeah, one tweet, Biggie, about the TIO. Obviously, from Fleener. Might as well be putting from the, the drop circle. The, the only people wrong. who have ever gotten this right is the RNA with the big, like, yeah. basically you're, you're dropping into six-inch, ten-inch grass. Like, yeah. if you want to bang it off the stands, fine, but that's your penalty for it. This um, was Allison Corpus. Her name's yeah. spelled wrong, of course. Uh, you know, bangs it into and gets it caught up into the tent. That was sick. It would have been a great time for my play it as it lies tournament. Like, you <laughs> go in there and you got to try to hack it out of the tent. And, like, if you can't do it, well... That's on you. And and what's the solution? My solution is tournament infrastructure. It's not like they're building it while your ball's in the air. Everybody knows exactly where the tournament infrastructure is. If you can't play your ball as it lies, then you can take an unplayable. Now, course infrastructure, you know, uh, a cement water fountain. A, I, I don't know what it would be. <laughs> I will listen to that. But uh, I love this tweet. My guy Tyler, uh, 220 to the grandstand. This was Corpus and her caddy, uh, the guy from Major League College. Jake Taylor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not doing TIO again. That, that drop area was absurd. Uh, I, will, I will say that. Not good. Not but. good. Uh, I will say before we get out, if, if you enjoyed what you saw on the LPGA this week, uh, the next several weeks is is phenomenal. It's a great stretch of golf on the LPGA Tour. They are headed back to Los Angeles. They're playing Welshire Country Club. Uh, will be a very good event. They go from there up to TPC Harding Park for the International Crown, which is eight teams of four. It's, it's essentially a mini President's Cup, if you will. The Koreans are going to be there, the Swedes, the Thai, the U.S. That's going to be a fun event. And then they go out to New Jersey, the aforementioned Founders Cup from Upper Montclair Country Club, just leafy Tony course. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very good stretch of LPGA action right now. I think the sun has set on this podcast just like it has at Big Randy's apartment. <laughs> uh, I can't figure out my lighting. Yeah, for the it's life really, it's, you know, yeah. you're 38 years old or whatever you I are, know. and you can't figure out how to turn a light on. It's, I, it's really I tough know. to figure out. It's I very know. difficult, but... Uh, 
Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to uh, this version. If you tuned in live, KVV, thank you for spending a Sunday night with us. K- Cody McBride on the ones and twos. Yes. Big thank Randy you, Cody. leading the charge on all things LPGA this year. It's been a lot of fun. You guys have greatly uh, influenced and helped my uh, me keeping up with the LPGA just hearing you guys chat about it on a, on a semi, semi-monthly basis, whatever it is. It's been great. So very added to our content. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you to high noon Titleist, and Roback and Karen Stupples, Justin Ray. I believe that is everyone. Good night. And we'll be back here next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect